Hello and welcome to Between the Mountains podcast, where we talk about your adventure travels from backpacking to expeditions. I'm your host, Chris, and today we welcome back Melissa Miller from MissRover.com or Miss.Rover on Instagram, as you may know her. We did an interview a while back and Olympic National Park. Today we are here for Mount Rainier National Park. I think I call it Mount Rainier at the beginning. I don't know, I'm from the UK, but either way, I know that it is a beautiful place. And we talk about a couple of good lookout points, a trail that goes all the way around the National Park. But with no further ado, let's just get straight into it. So hello, Melissa, welcome back once again to the podcast. How are you doing today? I am great. Thanks again for having me. Perfect. And um, today we are talking about a pretty popular place in the US, uh, Mount Rainier National Park. But you've been to a couple of different areas over a few times, was it? Yeah, yeah. It's been kind of scattered for me. I've done one backpacking trip and then mostly day hikes there. Perfect. And so we're accumulating all of these for a, a recommended itinerary. And I really like the point you mentioned in the previous episode at Olympic National Park, where you said there are hundreds of hikes. You should censor your trip around one particular thing that takes your interest. And if anything we mentioned today helps, then perfect. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, it's nice to get the same sort of recommended itinerary from you. So how was the overall trip accumulating all of those visits together what's mount rainier national park like i mean mount rainier national park mount rainier just kind of stands on its own you can see it from you know miles away depending on weather but yeah it has a presence and so i've gone multiple times in multiple seasons so some of these hikes that i've done you can do in the winter snowshoeing or in the summer you know kind of any time of year depending on roads and weather but yeah it mount rainier is popular for a reason it's that mountain takes your breath away nice and at olympic national park we're seeing those lovely northwestern rainforests with some mountains what kind of scenery are we seeing at this national park so Mount Rainier itself is kind of the, the highlight, but, you know, on your way up into the park, depending on what drive you take, it's a very scenic drive with other, you know, mountain ranges kind of coming off of it. There's other mountains besides Rainier um, and there's, you know, <laughs> valleys and, you know, if you come in the spring, there's a bunch of wildflowers and lakes that you can visit. So there's a lot that Mount Rainier has to offer. Perfect. So let's dive straight into the, the recommended itinerary then. So wh where's the first place we're going to? So I'll just, the first place that I've been to um, and that I've been in multiple seasons is Panorama Point. So Mount Rainier National Park is kind of, if you think of the mountain in the center, the visitor centers are kind of around it in a circle. So it's, it's kind of hard depending on weather and roads, you know, your hike's will depend on what visitor center you're going to. Um, and some are closer than others to Seattle, assuming that's where most people are coming from. So this one is at Paradise Visitor Center, where you go, and it's kind of the most Southern visitor center of them all. If, so if you think of Seattle being North and Mount Rainier South of Seattle, um, Paradise Visitor Center will be on the South end of the mountain. Um, so I went there 
two winters and also once in the summer. And so I snowshoed. I have my own snowshoes, but you can rent them there. Um, I, I think it's like 20 bucks. So it's, it's pretty reasonable. You can rent it either on the way in. There's a few venues that sell them and they advertise for it or at the uh, ranger station. And yeah, it's, it's crazy. Like once you're on there, you just, you have these views of mountains. Like when we got to the top of this point, we could see all the other peaks around Mount Rainier too. Like we could see Mount Baker. We could see, you know, part of like Mount St. Helens South and like, think it's Mount Adams there's I I can't even remember them all but it's just these sweeping views of mountains uh and it's you know snowshoeing is challenging so you know kind of make it how you want like I think the trip (laughs) the trip itself is four miles total but you could easily do just like a mile up and still see a lot so um I highly recommend this one for any season um the full elevation I believe is 1200 feet so it's rated as more of like a moderate hike so I mean you can do it if you're in average shape average condition perfect sounds yeah, like sounds yeah. right up my street as well I, li- I like a good hike if you can't tell from the yeah. name of the podcast <laughs> I'm a bit biased so. <laughs> I mean I keep going back to that one that's my most visited one in Mount Rainier so it's I I can't recommend it enough. Plus just the drive up there is so stunning. Like when my parents were in town for Thanksgiving, um, I took them, we took them just to like the visitor center. We didn't even do the hike. And just even on the way up, there's so many pull-offs, there's some waterfalls. There's just like these valleys with mountains. Like even just the drive up is stunning. Perfect. Yeah. Where's next then? So another spot that I've thoroughly enjoyed was Mount Fremont Fire Lookout. And that I did, I, be- I want to say in the fall. I think I did it in the fall. Um, and so you have to make sure the certain road is open because you're going to sun- the Sunrise Visitor Center. So in the winter, that road often closes because they're not plowing. Um, so this is only accessible during, yeah, basically when the snow clears in early summer to end of or early fall probably um but yeah mount fremont fire lookout is 5.6 miles round trip so it's out and back so you're hiking out to this fire lookout like two point i don't know however that math works out (laughs) 2.7 2.8 miles there i'll trust you on that yeah i don't know math's not a strong point uh this is also labeled as (laughs) this is also labeled a moderate hike so it's coming in at like um 1,145 feet. So it's doable. Um, We did it for sunset. So we hiked in right before golden hour, brought headlamps along. So we were kind of hiking back in the dark as the, you know, the last bits of the sun were kind of still illuminating Mount Rainier. It was like an out of this world experience. And we got so lucky with the sunset. Like it was like, there were just enough clouds kind of hovering around Rainier that the clouds kind of took on all the pinks from the sunset. And Oh my gosh. And the, the pinks from the sunset were also like reflecting off of the snow and the glaciers on the mountain. It was so stunning. Uh, yes. But so there's some fire lookouts in Washington, if people are familiar with Washington, that you can actually camp at overnight. However, the ones in the national parks, that's not the case. So it's locked up. There's usually a ranger there that's either staying the night there or just kind of making sure people aren't 
you know, getting into the place. <laughs> but uh, it's, I mean, it's great to kind of get out of the wind if it's open and the rangers letting you hang out for a little bit in there. But a very doable hike for the views. And you're, you're getting views the entire time, too. It's not just, you know, once you get there, you see everything. It's like, it's just views the entire couple miles you're hiking so we should be allowing so, some extra time for stopping every every five minutes oh yeah and getting the camera out i recommend that definitely and bring warm clothes too like we i mean it was warm when we started off i think we were in shorts and a tank top and as soon as the sun started to go down it was frigid so i'm glad i you know packed a puffy jacket we even made some hot cocoa up there with my jet boil and oh. <laughs> kind of just yeah, sat back and watched the sun dip down. It was, it's probably one of my favorite memories from Washington. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Where to next? So there's another fire lookout. There's a lot of fire lookouts that are not in use <laughs> anymore, or if they are, you know, they're, but they're open to public. There's an established hike to get there. So another one that's a bit closer to Seattle, just because of the way it's positioned, is Tolmy Peak. Um, and that is 6.4 miles round trip. So three in, three out with 1500 feet elevation. So, and this, and this one is also stunning, you know, on the way in, it's pretty, you know, the, the landscape is varying. You're going through some valleys, there's some lakes, there's a bunch of different things to see. But then as soon as you get up, the elevation's kind of at the end of the hike. <laughs> as soon as you get up to the fire lookout, it's just like, straight shot view of Mount Rainier it is an epic view and you can kind of just like I remember with my friend we just sat with our feet dangling over the edge of the fire lookout just eating some peanut butter and jelly sandwiches just kind of like enjoying the sun and staring at Mount Rainier because it's it's just it has a presence yeah for sure it, the photos remind me of Denali a little bit it just in its its mm -hmm. prominence that just like towering out the ground Absolutely. Which, and I'm glad these are all hikes that aren't going to totally wipe you out either. So it's nice. Like if you're there for a weekend and you rent a cabin or an Airbnb, you could easily like maybe do one for sunrise and take a nap and eat lunch and then go out and do one for sunset. Like it's not going to kill you if you're in, you know, decent hiking shape or moderate hiking shape. Like you could easily cross off quite a few places. Um, but yeah, Mount Rainier is really busy. So like peak season in the summer is going to be a lot more challenging with crowds and parking spaces can fill up um, and yeah. you do need the national park pass to park. Perfect. So are we going to another fire point lookout <laughs> next or? <laughs> I wish there are actually quite a few that are still on my list that I didn't get around to because, you know, it's like Washington, there are so many spots to see and, I mean, Mount Rainier is breathtaking and beautiful, but knowing that it is crowded, often people that live in Washington kind of avoid it, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> so it is on my list and I have to go back to do some of those still. Um, but so this next one is actually a backpacking trip that I did. Um, for me, it required getting permits beforehand. The permit season is, I think you can apply in February. Let me see, February 15th to February 29th. But there are still some walk-up permits that you can get. And really, I just recommend calling the ranger station 
to see, hey, like, are there any spots? Like, do I have a chance of even getting one before, you know, rolling up there and hoping for the best? Then you kind of at least know your odds. <laughs> mm-hmm. Maybe that's just me being type A, but I, you know, if I'm going to drive three <laughs> hours or so to get there, like, I want to know I have a chance of getting a, a permit. But I, being type A again, uh, applied before and got some permits to do part of the Wonderland Trail, which is pretty famous. So this trail goes around Mount Rainier. So it's 96 miles total if you do the whole thing. Oh, yes. Which that's a I have not, Yeah, exactly. A lot of people will take like nine to 13 days and do the whole thing. And I'm sure it is absolutely breathtaking. Um, it is labeled hard, of course, for that reason. And collectively on that 96 miles, because you're kind of going up and then down and back up on some certain ledges. So collectively you're gaining, if you do the whole thing, 25,000 feet. Jeez. Is what I read on all trails at least. <laughs> well, that's so a fairly legitimate website. So. Yeah, yeah. And just the small section that I did, I mean, we did, it was pretty aggressive. My coworker and I, we did 18 miles um, in, you know, like, nine miles in nine miles back out the next day so we were trying to just kind of cram in as much as we could in just one overnight which was really aggressive but i mean it's an opportunity you only get you know once in a while so we really wanted to take advantage of it but so this is once again one you can kind of make your own you you know different trails you know lead to different parts of where this 96 mile loop is so you can kind of if as long as you have a permit and with the help of a ranger, kind of plan out your ideal trip, depending on what kind of mileage you want to do each day, if you're only doing one night, you know, what kind of views you want. So I ended up staying at Granite Creek Campground um, and then dropped our packs. And we did end up day hiking from there a few more miles to Mystic Lake, which was really stunning. Because Granite Creek, where we were actually camping, you don't really have any views of Mount Rainier itself. It's kind of in this like, lush forest area with a creek and it, it was beautiful but like you know you're there to see Mount Rainier um, so hiking a few extra miles is really worth it for me for sure plus the uh the hike in it actually so the Mount Fremont fire lookout that I mentioned earlier for sunset it actually yeah. goes past that so you can kind of see the fire lookout on your way and so you're getting views of the of Mount Rainier for most of the entire hike in perfect if you weren't being so aggressive, which is uh, <laughs> tenacious and I'm proud of you. <laughs> um, Thank you. Uh, you're very welcome. Um, how many days would you recommend for the same route that you did? I mean, w- would you would you um, say like, yeah, slow it down massively in taking the views or is there, does it get quite repetitive? It doesn't, I wouldn't say it gets repetitive, but I would have liked to have spent another night so I could have, you know, gone in, set up camp um and then just chilled out before day hiking maybe the next day so we could have the entire day to explore and come back to camp that would have been more ideal to to see more and to really take in the views because our feet were <laughs> pretty tired for sure and when you're camping out there as well is it is it proper sort of backcountry or, or are there quite a few facilities nearby like i'm i'm thinking here it's kind of a photographer's dream. So is there going to be a place where you can charge up some batteries? 
Unfortunately, no, it is all backcountry. So, it, I mean, there are established campsites because they don't want you going off trail and camping, mm. you know, in just whatever meadow you see. They're trying to really preserve the area. So, yeah. they're established sites, but it is totally backcountry, no amenities. There are pit toilets. There was a pit toilet that was just kind of randomly like behind our camp in the woods. <laughs> so there's no like enclosure around it or anything. It's just a toilet in the woods, <laughs> <laughs> like a composting toilet. Um, and they do provide, um, yeah, right. <laughs> they do provide the the poles for your food. So you can put all your food in like a, a bear bag and just kind of tie it up on this pole instead of having to haul in an entire bear canister for food, because those are heavy and awkward to carry. For sure. Perfect. Yeah. Is there anything else we need to know about that pretty peaceful uh, multi-day hike there? The only thing that wasn't peaceful about it was when we did drop our bags and go to Mystic Lake. Um, we did bring bathing suits, so we were so happy to get into the water because we were, it was summer. We were sweating so bad from that trek in, <laughs> but there were so many mosquitoes. Like we were eaten alive <laughs> at this lake. Oh my gosh. But, uh, so that's something you definitely want to keep in mind is maybe bring like a bug net, like, a, you know, the face nets or like some, some sort of protection if you're going during like peak bug season and camping, um, where we were staying at the Creek, it wasn't so bad. But like any kind of stagnant water, like the lake, yeah, it was it was pretty rough. For sure. But yeah, no, that I was... mean, just I would just say, like with Mount Rainier, especially the Wonderland Trail for backpacking. I mean, there's just so many options. I just recommend talking to a ranger to get the most out of it. Perfect, perfect. And yeah, that that was going to be one of my sort of questions about that was was that wearing repellent, and it just was not useful at all, or was it a case where you forgot to bring? Or did I guess didn't think to bring some? I I did have repellent. I don't think I took it into my day pack when I dropped my pack to go to this lake. So I didn't have any on me at mm. the moment. But and plus we were getting in the water, so it would have washed off right away. But <laughs> yeah, it was it was just trying to like quickly get dressed and head out of there because it was just hard to enjoy, you know, really at that point. We were yeah. tired and grumpy and hungry and just these mosquitoes. <laughs> Perfect. Well, before we get on to some wrap-up questions then, is there anything else about Mount Rainier National Park that we need to know? There's one spot that I've heard great things about that I'll just throw out there, but I can't personally, you know, vouch for, but Go I've for heard it. Reflection, Reflection Lakes, or Reflection Lake, I believe, um, is a pretty easy, accessible spot that I believe you can just kind of drive up to. And a lot of photographers will take this picture if the water's, you know, if it's a calm day, the water will be really calm and you can get this perfect reflection of Mount Rainier into the water. Perfect. So that's another drive up spot that I've heard great things about. Wow. Well, I mean, if, if anyone's on Instagram, then you can bet your bottom dollar that you're going to see a photo yeah. of it on <laughs> oh, there somewhere. So, so yeah, absolutely. Perfect. Well, listen, some wrap up questions then. So, We've kind of hovered around the topic during the podcast, but directly now, what's your favorite season to go and see Mount uh, Rainier, if I'm saying it properly now? <laughs> oh, gosh. I, I've spent the most time there in the winter, to be honest. And I, I like that for many reasons. I don't love the cold. 
it's it's not my favorite but what I do like about Rainier is that I mean you don't have to go far to see views and snowshoeing is such a, a different activity that to have the opportunity to do that is really fun um, also there are less people there's always going to be less people in the winter so that to me is just such a huge factor and I do try to plan a lot of my trips around you know is this going to be peak season am I going to be just fighting battling people to see anything or can I make it enjoyable and have good memories from this place so I I do I would say for me I really enjoyed it in the winter perfect nice um what is one place you'd recommend where if we had to just go in one place you know we're on a business trip to seattle similar situation to olympic national park or you're just visiting Uh some family and you've got a bit of time before you have to go what's one place you'd recommend to jump in and see i would recommend the mount fremont fire lookout i think you get the most views and you feel like you're just right there next to the mountain perfect although we do endorse you spending a bit more time than one day there (laughs) yeah absolutely (laughs) there's so much to do there i mean this is just like i haven't even done half of what i want to do there so this is just just Mm. a scratch on the surface yeah and for me i want to summit the mountain so oh um, yeah yeah that'd be nice but i think i need a little bit more skill before going up (laughs) right yes but one last question then and you did kind of okay. touch on it earlier but uh but officially now what's one moment that you'd love to relive oh boy i think with the backpacking i mean we were tired and it was hot but like coming around a couple of corners and just seeing a different perspective a different side of mount rainier you know, each time like even though it's the same mountain it's, it's just different and it's just it still blows my mind each time I see it even in just like a different side of it there's just so much variety to the mountain and it's just beautiful perfect well listen thank you so much for coming on the podcast if we want to find out more information or see some beautiful photos where should we go I would say my website, missrover.com, and also on Instagram. You guys can connect with me at miss.rover on Instagram. and DM me or, you know, check out some of my other travels. Perfect. And it's worth mentioning as well, at time of recording, you've just started a YouTube channel. So yes. when this comes out, check that out too. If you go to missrover.com, or I think you just type in missrover on YouTube, right? Um, yeah. You should come up yeah. as as a as an option there. You've done the Banff vl- uh, vlog, which I really like. So it'd be interesting to see what comes next but that's also a fantastic place for people to go to and find out a bit more but uh otherwise listen melissa thank you so much for for, so much for coming on the podcast (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much again for having me cheers i really messed up the ending there but it was a pleasure to have melissa on to the podcast i hope you enjoyed it too if you did then please hit the subscribe and follow button share it with a friend so that we can grow the podcast even further. If you would like to get in touch or come on the show, you can email me, btmtravelpod at gmail.com. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram is all at btmtravelpod. But otherwise, I hope you have a fantastic day, and I will see you in the next one.